What's going on, guys? Welcome to the first edition of the Corner Post NRL podcast for 2020. As always, I am your host, Miles Bergen, and tonight I'm joined by 2013 NRL fantasy champion, Daniel Long. Daniel, how are you, mate? G'day, Miles. It's great to be here. I'm doing well. Just frothing for some Nines football. <laughs> Aren't we all? 2020 is going to be a big year, especially with the Nines back to start off the year on the 14th and 15th of February at HBF Park in Perth. You going to be watching? Yeah, look, Miles, I'm uh, decidedly single, so the 14th of February doesn't mean very much to me. <laughs> uh, I'll be watching every minute in nines. Awesome. That's what we love to hear. So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be going through a nice review of the whole nines tournament, including the women's uh, nines as well. And we're going to be going through the pools uh, for the men's and women's as well. So uh, we'll go through the pools now, shall we? Uh, first pool, we've got the Panthers, the Warriors, the Roosters, and the Knights. Pool two, we have the Bulldogs, the Dragons, the Eels, and the Sharks. Pool three is the Raiders, West Tigers, Titans, and Rabbitohs. And pool four is the Cowboys, Storm, Broncos, and Sea Eagles. What do you think of those four pools there, Daniel? Yeah, looking at these pools here, Miles, uh, I think pool two really stands out. You've got St. George, Parramatta, and the Sharks. Uh, they're all serious that threats to win this competition. And I'm pretty confident the winner's going to come out of that pool. Um, outside of that, pool one's a, a pretty easy run for the Panthers to make the finals. I have to agree with you there. There are a couple of pools that do stand out, but uh, we'll get into that a little shortly. So, uh, for the listeners at home, we're going to be going through a 10-team draft, which meaning each of us will get five picks. Uh, so that's going to happen now. And Daniel, as my guest, you can pick first. Yep, so this is a pretty tough choice. Uh, there's probably about four teams. I'm um, considering at this point, but uh, I'm going to have to go with my faithful Parramatta Eels. Ugh. Now look, there are three things you need to win the Nines tournament. The recipe for success is, is pretty simple in my eyes. You need high IQ ball playing uh, creativity, you need physical offloading forwards, and you need explosive edge players. Now we look at this Parramatta roster, and straight away Mitch Moses and Clint Gutherson jump out at me as those ball players. Junior Paulo, Ryan Madison, and Sean Lane are known for their offloading and ball playability in the forward pack. And then you've got Mike Acevo, Blake Ferguson, Neil Corre, and even Oregon Kafusi, who I think is going to have a bit of a breakout tournament here. I'm sort of running those lines off these guys. Mm. I do agree. I think Parramatta have actually got a pretty good team this year. Uh, I have actually uh, got them tipped to win the 2020 uh, NRL season. However, they are still chasing some silverware. I know they got their 2016 Nines tournament stripped off them as well. And I'm just looking at their squad here. The couple of eyesores. I mean, Jamin Salmon really sticks out to me as, as a guy who might get in the way. Um, they can sort of not touch the ball as much. Maybe they might have a good tournament. But uh, no, I definitely see them making out of their pool. But uh, good, good pick first up. I don't mind it. Yeah, look, the other thing there you got to consider is the last game Parramatta played was a 32-0 loss to the Storm. So... These guys aren't going to be coming in complacent. They know that they've got to prove themselves this year, and I think that's going to start in the nines. Mm. Hopefully we see some form of their 58 nil drubbing of the Broncos at Bankwest Stadium. Who knows? We're counting on it. <laughs> All right, uh, so it's over to me uh, for pick number two. And I will take the Penrith Panthers. Mm. Now, I really feel like Penrith... At the moment, they're out of the cloud of Phil Gould. And uh, I think with Ivan Cleary having a full run of the place for an off-season or two, they're really looking to rebuild this year. I know they've been saying that for the last 10 years, but (laughs) 
I have faith in them this year. They've got a lot of good young talent there. I mean, Brent Naden was a standout player for last year. That Brian Toto, although he's not playing in the nines, will be something to look forward to in 2020. And Dylan Edwards, I think, really big turnaround last year for him. He was dropped early on in the season, um, then brought back and played phenomenal um, for them towards the end of the season. Although I think this is the year for Nathan Cleary. Mm. I've got him pegged as one of the Dally M favourites for the year. If Penrith go deep into the finals and... He'll be a big part of that. Plus, with Viliami Kikau playing on that on that edge for Penrith is a big, big ups for them. Him running off Jerome Luai as well. I think Jerome Luai is a bit more than a bench half at this point in time. We can definitely call him that. He's, a star, he's going to be the starting six for Penrith this year. I've got a lot of faith in him. And sneaky little pickup for them in the offseason, Appy Corusau. I definitely think he'll have a, a bigger impact than some of the last... Um, hookers that they've been having there over the last couple of years so I, I back them to make it out of their pool the pool's pretty weak as well another reason why I definitely pick them up you know I don't mind the Penrith pick uh, you're right there are a lot of young explosive ball runners in that team and if you go in soft and go with arms in defence uh, they're just going to go straight through uh, the challenge for Penrith is I'm looking at this team and uh, who are the ball players you know, you've got Nathan Cleary he's going to show and go his way to a try game but uh Outside of that, a lot of their, their sort of spine is more known for its ball running. You know, Dylan Edwards is an explosive ball runner. Nathan Cleary's best plays are generally when he's running the ball. Um, and Luai as well is very similar to that. Uh, I'm just not sure that they've got uh, the creativity in the middle to unlock these edge guys. I think they're just going to run over the top of people, that sort of thing, <laughs> is what you're saying. Well, that's fair enough. <laughs> All right, so it's over to you with pick number three. Daniel, who you got? Yeah, so on this one, I'm pretty surprised you didn't take these guys. Uh, I almost took this team first. Uh, I'm going with the Cronulla Sharks. So again, sticking with that formula, sticking with uh, sort of basing the team around those explosive, hard-hitting forwards, uh, and then the spine that can really take uh, advantage of those quick edge guys. Uh, I'm looking at this core, and you've got Sean Johnson and Wade Graham, two guys really made for nines. Wade Graham uh, being a really underrated ball player, and Sean Johnson just one of the best nines players ever. Outside of that, you look at the explosive edges. Nikora, Jack Williams is deceptively fast. Uh, Jesse Ramian, Ronaldo Molotalo, as well as Sione Katoa. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of opportunities for these Cronulla outside backs, and I think they've got the guys to take advantage. Mm. I see what you mean. Um, however, I'm a bit surprised they didn't bring Matt Moylan along for this mm. ride. A very well-renowned and known touch player. Could have probably helped a bit in the nines. However, his defence is a bit lacking, so maybe they didn't bring him along for that. I still think that Cronulla's success in this Nines tournament is going to hang on Sean Johnson. Um, whether he wants to turn up or not is a, always a big talking point. And he, as you said, can produce moments of magic. But I need to see it on a consistent basis. And I think that's something we've been talking about him doing for years. Yeah, and that's a dangerous place to be. You're, you're not sure when you're worrying uh, about sort of relying on Sean Johnson. Um, I guess the other challenge for them too is they probably won't have Josh Morris as mm. well and he would be a real rock on the edge uh, in terms of sort of being a defensive leader there too so there are concerns but um, I think Wade Graham as a spiritual leader is and as a captain there is, is enough to get them over the line mm. definitely agree there I also think Billy Mogulius will be uh, a big factor <laughs> for them in the ninth tournament to be fair um, a lot of good young players at the Sharks a lot of good young talent but um, I don't see them winning the ninth tournament yeah. I guess the other guy to watch there is Blake Braley, Blake Braley. Uh, he's, he's interesting one well, he's got the full-time gig in the nine jersey this year, so I am keen to see that on a 13-man team, mm. but uh, nines will be a good little taste. Mm. Well. So who have you got at uh, fourth pick there, Miles? So for my fourth pick, I know, I know you're probably going <laughs> to 
have it off with me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I am going to go with the dragons. Hmm. Now, it, interestingly, uh, same pool as the eels and sharks, and I'm backing them to get over those two teams, uh, even though I think maybe the eels and sharks have stronger teams on paper, but as we know, the Nines is an unpredictable tournament. Now, starting with the Dragons, they've got a lot of speed. Uh, I think Ewan Aitken um, is a lot better than people give him credit for, and I don't know why they are trying to get rid of him, but he'll be a big impact on that uh, on that Dragons team in the Nines tournament, can break tackles, is really good out wide, and is also a pretty good defender as well. So I also think him partnering with Tim Lafayette, so Tim Lafayette is an underrated centre in the game uh, as well, but... I think one of the, the draw cards for me was actually seeing Jason Nightingale get out there again. And he's, <laughs> I, I know he's a, a bit old at this point in his group, in, in his life, but uh, he still has a highlight in him, I reckon. Uh, mm. And he'll, he'll get over for a good try this weekend. But uh, I definitely think their draw card, and he's going to be a player to watch for this Nines tournament, and it's Tristan Saylor. Mm. Now, we saw what he could do in the NYC uh, tournament. Um, he is a machine in terms of uh, breaking tackles, setting setting up players as well, um, can score a try from anywhere. He, he's one of those players that you really need to watch, and he's going to be my X Factor for the Dragons, and I think he's going to take them to uh, pretty deep in these finals for the Knights. Yeah, it's not a bad case. Uh, I wouldn't have taken St. George, Sterling, personally. They're sort of down around sixth on my list, but... Uh... Uh, I can definitely see the upside. A lot of explosive ball runners. You haven't even mentioned Tyson Frizzell, who's integral to that sort of middle defense. Uh, I just think they lack that middle creativity. So if they're going to do well, um, you're going to have to be right about Tristan Saylor there. Um, I guess the other challenge is, where do you hide Ben Hunt on kickoffs? Because you've only got nine guys <laughs> on the field. You don't want him catching those, do you? No, no, you don't. 2015, <laughs> for, 2015 grand final shout-out there for Ben Hunt. <laughs> All right. We love you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, now to the fifth pick... Uh, for you um, who is the fifth pick again a tough one I've got uh, sort of three teams in mind here that I like the look of uh, but I'm going to take the Rabbitohs and I think they're a very very strong shot at winning the comp this year as well and they're probably my 2020 competition pick um, really I'm picking the Rabbitohs here based on a uh, pure love and adoration of Damian Cook uh, the man's a monster uh, through the middle he creates so much and Damian Cook on the field basically means that you're a man up every single play you know, his ability to hop out of dummy half, draw the marker, draw the outside man, and draw off the inside man means that uh, overlaps are just flowing with Damian Cook. Um, you're then looking out wide, and guys like Braden Burns, for example, uh, they're not going to take this lightly. You know, Braden's fighting for his place in the back line. I think it's pretty clear he wants to be a center uh, and not a winger there. And you've got other quick guys there as well, like Dane Gagai, and then you know guys like Cameron Murray through the middle that are going to lock things up. Um, so I think they're a good shot. Yeah, I definitely uh, can see the Rabbitohs making it somewhat uh, through the tournament here. However, I think Luttrell is a bigger mission for them. Mm. And obviously Damian Cook is a powerhouse uh, for them as well. A big uh, representative year for him. And uh, he played very well on the back of his 2018 season as well. Um, one thing I do have to admit through the Rabbitohs team is who are the playmakers? Uh, at the moment, there's no... Reynolds, there's no Cody Walker there to get those balls to the players on the outside that are going to finish it for you. And I'm starting to look at, you know, maybe a ball playing forward 
set up for them. It looks more like a Cam Murray will have to take over that role a little bit. And you know, as far as the forwards goes, they're a bit light on forwards. Um, I mean, Junior Totola probably probably one of their bigger bigger players there. But I just don't see the ball getting to those outside men, virtually making the Rabbitohs team ineffective. Well, that's a fair fair concern. Uh, I guess the one thing to consider with the nines is there's only nine guys on the field, so you're not having to string together you know six pass plays to get it to the edge. Um, Damian Cook can skip outside; he can throw a pretty long ball, and you're only one or two passes away from your winger from there. So, I agree with you. Looking at the halves, I'm a little concerned. I think a couple of these young guys could step up, but uh, yeah, I'm just counting on the fact that Damian Cook can do enough in the middle to to hide that. I think you'd be relying a lot on a guy like Troy Duggan or uh, mm. uh, someone like a Jack Johns, maybe. Potentially, um, yeah. So, anyway, um, moving on, uh, shifting over to the sixth pick uh, for me. And, you know what, they're, they're a team close to my heart as well, as you, as you well know, Daniel. I'm going to take the North Queensland Cowboys <laughs> with my sixth pick. And <laughs> looking at their squad, I, I really felt like the omission of Michael Morgan is a big one, and you, you got to you got to get over that. However, I do feel like they've picked a good nines team. I mean, guys like Scott Drinkwater, uh, Kyle Felt, amazing finisher in our game. I think he's one of the most underrated finishers of the game. Uh, guys like Reese Robson, I'm really keen to see as a Cowboys fan who's just picked picked up a really good young young player and young hooker there. Um, I'm really interested to see him play in a nines format to see. Where his uh, where his real attributes lie, uh, guys like Isan Masters getting a go in the in a Cowboys uniform. I'm I'm really frothing to see that sort of uh, sort of uh, eventuate as well. It'll depend on. For me, it's going to depend on what Cohen Hess we get as well. I think Cohen Hess has had a bit of an up and down couple of seasons. He went from being Hurricane Hess to you know Hershey's Kiss Hess, and and, and it was. A bit embarrassing last year, and he got benched, and then he was put into the starting side, then he was in the centres, and it's really kind of cascaded from there. And He's struggling to find a bit of a foothold at the moment, but if he can get a bit of momentum behind him, he's an unstoppable ball runner. I, I just don't see why he went away from that. If he can get back to that kind of form, then I really think the Cowboys are a big chance of winning this nice tournament. I mean, Jason Talmalolo doesn't really have to... Speaking too much for himself, you just see the name and you, the other teams quiver in fear. So. <laughs> yeah, spoken like a true Cowboys supporter there. <laughs> um, looking at this Cowboys roster, you're absolutely right. Everything is set up well for Cohen has to be a monster um, in this team. Jason Tamalolo softens up defenses, even just tying back to the NRL level. Uh, their, their sort of front row there is really good as well. Um, Cohen should be getting the ball, running at retreating defences, and in 2018, that was unstoppable. He was scoring one or two tries a game a lot of the time. Uh, but last year, he was soft. If we get a Cohen that's coming out there to prove himself and really earn himself that 60-minute roll uh, at the Cowboys on the edge, then, yeah, you're right, they're going to be dangerous. Uh, and that forward pack is, is really good, but uh, I do think you've left a better team on the board, Miles. <laughs> Right, and, and I suppose you've taken them with your seventh pick. Is, is that what you're about to tell me? Well, as I do, I've picked correctly. Uh, I think <laughs> that the Brisbane Broncos will do really well. And I considered the Broncos at first pick. That's how highly I rate these guys. Uh, I'm actually surprised they've slid down this far. And when we're looking at the Broncos here, the key factor to take into account uh, with the Nines is that the keys to the city have been given to two 20-year-olds. You've got Payne Haas and you've got David Feeder, who's actually 19, not yet 20. 
Um, these two guys are really holding the keys to the, the Brisbane offense there. Uh, and if they can be explosive in the nines, then the Broncos could do anything. You know, if you've got Payne Haas in the middle and he's taking three or four defenders to bring him down and he's being able to offload out of those tackles, um, guys like David Fido can really run off that. And you also got to think about the halves. You know, Anthony Milford and Brody Grady Croft both fit this format. And you've got guys like Jermaine Nasako, Katoni Staggs, Tessie New on the edges as well that can complete. Um, I guess the other thing to consider there is Osaka is not just a winger. He's quite an explosive ball player as well. So uh, I think the, the Broncos have got strength across the park. They've got the forward pack to do it. They've got some ball players there, and they've got speed out wide. Um, they could win the competition. Look, I, I see where you're coming from, but uh, you're forgetting one massive thing. The Broncos are missing their best player, the infamous Darius Boyd. <laughs> um, no, I, I think I think Darius Boyd is... He'll be a good little winger to start the uh, start the NRL season, and I think that's where he kind of needs to stay for the moment. Um, speaking of their nine side, though, uh, it's a bit bland, and I think you know maybe if they stay off the pokies, they'll be able to go uh, pretty far in the tournament and uh, probably not lose uh, fifty eight nil ever again. Um, but I the big the biggest thing for me is I feel like they're going into this tournament with seventeen players because. You know, they've got 17 really young, fit guys out there. You know, you've got Brody Croft, as you said. Uh, you know, young Anthony Milford, Payne Haas, Jermaine Osaka. All these guys are young, they're youthful, they're great. And then you've got Co- Corey Parker out there trying to hit people with his walker. Um, <laughs> and that'll be either a liability or he could surprise us. Who knows? Um, I, I, I've always had the biggest love for Corey when he played. I, I admired the way he played, but... Um, Coming back uh, to a nines format, which is probably a more faster version of the game, is going to be a big test for him. And uh, I don't know how he handle it. But uh, if the Broncos want it, it's definitely there for the taking. I just didn't see much of it last year, to be honest. For me, they were lucky to make the finals. Um, and a lot of that is experience-based. And, uh, and I don't see a lot of the Broncos players really showing that fight to be in games. I think... This is going to be a big test year for Seabold um, as a coach. Mm. If he can rein in some of this young talent, that'll be great. If he can't, then he's probably looking at the chopping block because they don't really have a lot of patience there uh, up in Brisbane for a lot of um, for their teams, and uh, they expect success right away. So, uh, big test for Seabold and the Broncos. Um, hopefully, they can get it done. Um, but uh, I left them off the board for a reason and I don't think their attitude is quite there I guess the thing you got to consider with the Broncos here though is they were beaten 58-0 in their last game glorious game to be at by the way as a Parramatta fan um, but uh, these guys would have been thrashed all preseason. Seabob would have been hammering them with this mentality and he would have been telling them there are no freebies and this is the perfect test for them so they've sent uh, a side that vaguely resembles their first grade side to this tournament they're taking this seriously I think they're trying to instill some pride in the team, and I think they're going to need some confidence. So I think they're going to come in and they're going to take this seriously. Um, I guess with Corey Parker there, I think you're undervaluing the man that is Corey Parker. You know, one of the best offloaders in the NRL, admittedly, five years ago. Um, but you're also undervaluing his leadership. You know, Corey Parker's a guy who's played a plethora of origin games. He's led Brisbane to a lot of success. And he's going to be there, sort of in the year of these young guys, really teaching them how to play in the NRL week in, week out. So... I'll have more on Corey Parker later, but uh, let's move on to your eighth pick. Uh, my pick at number eight, a uh, team that will be fairly underrated going into this tournament for sure, 
um, just based on their pure size, and they're always underestimated, is the West Tigers. Now, the Tigers have picked a quite uh, robust side in terms of they really haven't picked many of their main forwards that they'll probably use in their NRL team. Uh, however, some of the outside backs are phenomenal. I mean, you got Moses and Bai there. He's you know been there for a couple of years now, and I think he'll have an even better year again this year in 2020. Uh, Corey Thompson, I have never seen a little bloke with more heart, probably outside of Preston Campbell or Matt Bowen, uh, to go out there and achieve what he does at his size. It's, I've got to respect the bloke. But for me, I think the key here is David Norfoluma. If David Norfoluma can break a few tackles and, and use his speed and, and robust running style to get through defenders, I definitely see them going very far in the tournament. And a couple of players that they picked up in the offseason are going to help here, and I think Billy Walters is an under, underrated player. They picked up from Melbourne. I also think that uh, Luciano Leilua, um, we haven't really seen what he can do on an NRL uh, stage, so uh, let him... Let him let him loose, I say, and you know that that for me is going to be um, the keys to the Tigers making it further in this tournament. Yeah, there were parts of twenty nineteen where Luciano Lelua made the Dragons must watch football. <laughs> the guy is he reminds me a lot of Fletty Mateo, except he's more Fletty Mateo than Fletty <laughs> Mateo, which is which is stunning. I think he's going to be really deadly in this format. Mm. Uh, in attack, he's just going to create tries off the hip uh, at will. In defence. Bit of a liability, like most of this team. Um, I guess the other thing I'm keen to see here is Paddy Richards. Yeah, if you if you think back, Paddy Richards' kickoffs were uh, really dynamic and they were a real factor for the Tigers. So, mm. if he can get kicking at someone like Ben Hunt, uh, that's a, <laughs> a big win for the Tigers. Uh, I don't mind the pick, but uh, yeah, a, th- a few things are gonna have to go their way. Oh, towards the end of my draft, I like to pick a few outsiders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, though, I think that what falls in my favor here is the Nines tournament has always been decided by two different teams each year. So we've had eight different teams over the four years that it was competed for, we've seen in the final. So I think some of these outsider teams are going to get close. And and that, mm. that for me, I'm going on recent form of the nines and, and how it all works. But Fair. not for everyone, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're sort of getting to that point in the draft here. Um, I'm looking at ninth here. I've looked at some of the rosters, and I'm very confident with that first four. This one's a bit more of a speculator. I'm taking the New Zealand Warriors. Now, just, just hear me out here. Every single year the Nines has been run, New Zealand Warriors would have been picked first two. Um, they've always had the roster for it. They've always had all of the expectations, and they've hosted a number of these tournaments. Now, you look at this Warriors roster, and it's not that strong on paper. If you're looking for a star player... Ken Mamalo had an excellent 2019. He's probably a guy. Um, he's going to run the ball, you know, over a thousand meters this tournament. A couple of guys like Tane Milne, a couple of explosive forwards. Blake Green will steer the ship, uh, but on paper, it's not uh, not the best team. What I'm expecting to happen here, though, is that the Warriors are going to come into this and they're going to look at the team they've got. Uh, they're going to look at their hopes for this year, and I think they're going to realize that to beat anyone else, they're going to have to play harder than the rest of the competition. And I think that starts now. They've sent Blake Green. They've sent Chanel harris Davida. They've sent a lot of their first-grade forwards, guys like Parsi, uh, Lee Sanamau, and I think they're going to take this seriously. So I'm counting on the Warriors being uh, unwarrior like here and playing harder than their opposition and sort of winning without expectations. 
Yeah, I definitely see what you're talking about. Uh, however, I feel like the Warriors have sent out pretty much their first grade side and that's not saying much. <laughs> uh, for me, I, I think they've picked way too many big forwards that are going to get tired very easy. Uh, it's a two-day non-stop tournament. Um, I don't know how those big big boys are going to back up from every game. Um, the one bloke who I am looking forward to seeing out there is Chanel Harris-Tavita. I think he deserves to play NRL football. Uh, he showed us enough last year for him to be you know, a first grader, and I really hope he gets the job this year. As you said, Ken Mamalo, good, good little little pick there in terms of... But one bloke can't carry 18 men, you know what I mean? So... I definitely think that their forward pack is going to let them down uh, in a lot of ways. I think their forward pack, whilst also big, isn't really known for being very powerful. Um, there's a lot of guys there who are kind of big, run up the ball, just hit up forward. So I don't really see them breaking the line and, um, and, and tearing teams apart with their explosive forward play. So they'll throw it around a bit. I think Blake Green's always going to have... Um, some form of control on the game um, and he learnt that through a couple of years at Melbourne which um, has definitely helped him in the rest of his career as well so I, I, I like I like the pick as an outsider little little tip there but uh, I don't really see the Warriors going too far yeah no fair call we'll, we'll, uh, we'll review this when they win the comp <laughs> <laughs> so who have you got uh, final pick here okay for the final pick in our draft gone a little bit left of field um, they're not known for much uh, in a lot of other formats of the game and last year was definitely a year to forget for this team however I feel like the Titans have put forward a strong side for the NRL 9s especially when you're playing 9s football when you don't have to defend that much <laughs> guys like Bryce Cartwright we know he's a bit of a turnstile and can't make a few tackles but I tell you he can get the ball to outside men and they can score They've got the finishers to do that too. Anthony Don, Tyrone Peachy, AJ Brimson. I mean, these guys are known for their finishing ability, and especially AJ Brimson. He's going to be electric out there for the Nines tournament, especially for you know the Titans. And I, I expect more from Ash Taylor. I, I think he's definitely got the makings of a future NRL star. He's got... To, he's got to focus and got to rein it in, otherwise it's going to slip away from him. I mean, yeah, maybe he's not playing at the best club in the NRL, and we all know that. However, you've got to make the most of your opportunities no matter what. So if he can see past that and see, hey, if I play well this year, I might get a good contract moving forward somewhere else, you know, it, it, might, it could end up well for him. But... I definitely think that some of their forwards are going to be the key here for them. Uh, guys like Jai Arrow uh, missed a lot of last year through injury. I'm definitely glad to see him back on the field. Um, I think Jai Whitbread's a bit underrated as well, and as I said, uh, Bryce Cartwright uh, as well. And they've got some explosive outside backs. So we'll see. We'll see how, how well they go. I don't mind this pick. I think you've gotten them at some value. I think it's probably your, your best value pick here. Um, looking at this team, it's it's not bad for nines. It's not bad, but for them to go anywhere, Ash Taylor is going to be near sort of player of the tournament level. Uh, he's going to have to perform at that uh, explosive level we've seen for you know two to three week patches at a time. 
Um, just looking at this roster, I don't mind these outside backs. Guys like Phil Sami, Anthony Don, Tyrone Peachy, they're pure footballers. They've got wheels. Uh, they can take it to the house if they go through. AJ Brimson's deceptively explosive, and uh, he can beat a tackle. And then Jai Arrow's an underrated guy here, I think, for the nines as well. He's very mobile, one of the best offloaders in the comp. Sort of like a young Corey Parker, who's also incredibly valuable in this tournament. <laughs> but yeah, now look at this team, it, it could do something. I guess just my question to you is, when this team's up by five, and there's you know a couple of minutes left, how do they stop anyone from scoring? Because I'm looking at Ash Taylor, Bryce Cartwright, you know, Tyrone Peachy, AJ Brimson, Anthony Don, Phil Sami. All these guys have just pumped up an attack, and I don't think a single one would be trusted by myself in a one-on-one in -on -one tackle situation. Well, we'll just wait and see. Maybe Flash Gordon will come out there and uh, help them with that. Around the ankles, eh? <laughs> Good to see Michael Gordon getting back out there. Yeah, look, they're going to have to win 50-40 to 40 in all the big <laughs> games. and I don't see them doing it against sort of a Cronulla, for example, who can suffocate you. Oh, well, I don't mind that, to be honest. It's good attacking footy, and that's what I like. Yeah, that'll be good to watch. Mm. Um, so that concludes our 10-team draft. Uh, for, the, for that part, portion of the podcast. So what we're going to move... Now, shifting to what we're going to talk about next is... I suppose we have a couple of players that we think might stand out in this tournament, and I'll let you take the lead on, on this one as well. Yeah, so the format we've chosen here is uh, sort of four different sections where we're choosing sort of player of the tournament. So we didn't want to just uh, you know pick best player of the tournament. We've split it down into best playmaker, so that's sort of your hookers and your halves there, best forward in the tournament, Best outside back, and this includes fullbacks. And then the surprise of the tournament, so the surprise player. Um, so just to kick things off, I'm going to go with my first playmaker here. I've taken Damian Cook. Rather unsurprisingly, I think he's going to carry the Rabbitohs through this. I think he's going to be an absolute monster. He's probably my hard pick uh, for player of the tournament. I think he's just he's impossible to stop when you've got 13 guys. and He's going to take the captaincy seriously. Well... I definitely see that as a, as a fair point. I mean, Damien Cook, a uh, well-renowned beach sprinter. Uh, <laughs> definitely got a lot of speed out of dummy half, and he's, he's a hard bloke to stop when the team gets rolling. So, um, yeah, definitely respect that pick. Um, I'm going to go with my playmaker to start with, and uh, obviously it's going to go to the team I picked first as well, and, and backing up what I said about Nathan Cleary. I think... The season for the, the the Panthers at the foot of the mountains this year is going to be a huge one. It's going to be one that I think defines them as a club. I think Penrith as a community is growing in size always. Um, it's become one of the central hubs for Western Sydney. And the football team's a big part of that. Um, and it all starts with Nathan Cleary and obviously his father, Ivan Cleary. So if he can get... It going, uh, and when he does get it going, he's unstoppable. Sometimes he, he can score thirty plus points in games, and we've seen it on a number of occasions. But it's about finding that consistent groove and being able to get into a playmaking groove and setting up his other men rather than dummying and going himself or choosing the moment to go and dummy and choosing the moment to pass. That'll be the difference between him and this nine's tournament. Yeah, not a bad pick. Uh, for them to do anything in Penrith, he's going to need to be a really good playmaker in this tournament, so I don't mind that at all. So for my forward pick here, I'm going to take David Fafita. Uh, now, he's 19 years old. He's designed for this format, and he was recently dominant in the World Cup 9s too. Uh, David Fafita is just one of the most explosive young forwards we've ever seen. Uh, I can't see how 
any team is going to stop him, especially say a Titans, <laughs> for example. Uh, I just think he's going to be he's going to be monstrous, and he'll be lingering around where Milford is. They'll sort of perform a bit of a one-two punch there. He's got some good forwards in Payne Haas and a couple of the other guys there too, um, to sort of do that work in the middle, which really frees him up to play attacking footy. Uh, so I think Dev Fitt is going to be enormous. I I agree 100%. He's a damaging ball runner. Um, I've not seen uh, a young kid come in and dominate the league as much as he has. And, and to have him and Payne Haas on the same team is scary. Um, however, I still think Jason Talmolo has the edge on both those two guys <laughs> uh, as far as ball running goes. But uh, yeah, hard bloke to stop. I think for David, he's... Got to put all of the off-field stuff outside his head. I mean, he had that problem in Bali, and that's probably not af- not affecting him too much on a thinking about it every day scale. But uh, he's really got to put that behind him and focus on playing footy. Um, had a great year last year. Love to see him back it up. Yeah, look, if you don't get tr- get in trouble when you're in Bali, then have you really <laughs> gone to Bali? Well, tell that to Nelson or Sofa Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll go with my forward pick and. He is from the North Queensland Cowboys, but it's not the bloke you're thinking of. Mm. And it's not the other bloke you're thinking of either. It's neither Taumalolo nor Cohen Hess. The Nines tournament is always good for unlocking and finding new talent. And I believe this guy, while he's had a taste of NRL, uh, NRL action, he needs more of it. And I'd love to see him get on the field a bit more this year. And that guy is Mitchell Dunn. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Mitchell. Mitchell he was done. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about Mitchell. I mean, I've watched the Cowboys for years, and he was the 2017, along with Jake Clifford, 2017 NYC Player of the Year. And that was through no fault of being a good playmaker as a big man. He's 190 90 centimetres tall at 100 kilos as well. So I think having him on the edge and being a good ball player We'll definitely set up our outside guys like Kyle Felt and uh, especially Isan Masters as well. So I expect a big uh, season from him this year, especially off the bench, if he can become a bit more of a bench player. Um, and the Nines is prone for young players to shine all the time. I mean, Matt Dufty, Bevan French uh, come to mind. Gideon Jellamosby, guys who, while their speed has shown... Uh, on the stage at times, you forget the f- the forwards guys as well who set them up on the inside, and that's what I expect Mitchell Dunn to be. Look, I've got to respect the uh, the audacity there. You know, I feel I feel a bit slack for taking a favourite after seeing uh, you've taken Mitchell Dunn. Um, good luck to him. Hopefully, he uses this platform to uh, sort of earn himself a play for place in the seventeen. Hmm. He's uh, he's on his way there. I think if. The Cowboys team had changed a bit more over the last few years. He would have gotten a bit more of a go. But uh, hopefully he gets it this year. Rooting for him. All right, so now on to the outside backs. Uh, so for this section, you've got centers, wingers, and fullbacks are allowed as well. So I've gone a similar vein to what you've gone there, Miles. Uh, I've taken Ronaldo Molotalo. Now, you look at this Cronulla team. There is a lot of ball playing ability, a lot of sort of line runners in the team, but they do need someone on the edge really taking advantage of those opportunities. Uh, now, anyone who's watched Militalo play knows that he's a legitimate try scorer, and he's insanely effective coming off guys like Wade Graham and Sean Johnson. Uh, I think Militalo will be the top try scorer 
of the uh, tournament, and I think he's a, a good shot at uh, potentially player of the tournament as well, if he can really explode in the big moments. Yeah, not wrong. I think towards the end of last year, he definitely showed us why he deserves to play NRL footy. Um, I'm surprised you didn't go uh, any other guys on the on the Sharks team. I mean, as far as outside bats goes, I think Mulatalo, while good, I think there's plenty of uh, other outside backs. But, you know, I, I saw a little like a bit... Jesse Ramian, a Sione Katoa. Yeah, I think Sione Katoa, not as much. Um, but Je- Jesse Ramian, hopefully he, he can get uh, back started again this year with the with Sharks. But uh, Ronaldo Mulatalo, I definitely think, has the props to be an NRL winger and really good finisher. He showed that, us that too. So I'm excited to see him score a nice try in the corner or a nice little dive try. Um, or run the length of the field. I think he's got the speed to do it. So uh, I respect that pick. Uh, the thing about Mortalo is I think you might have forgotten how long he is. He's, he's a real greyhound, um, but he's also got that power. So he's, he's going to be dangerous in this format. Who have you taken on the outside backs there? Well, on my outside backs, I've gone with the fullback, and, and it's from the team that I, um, that I picked last, actually. Um, I've gone with AJ Brimson, as I said before. Uh, he, for me, he's explosive. He, he, his ability to change the direction is up there with some of the best steppers in the game. I think guys like, he's maybe a little bit of a step behind Ponga and RTS and those guys, but he can still make you break your ankles if you're not too careful. So I think AJ Brimson, he can break tackles, he's got blinding speed and yeah, he'll, he'll definitely be um, be one to watch in the tournament. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm a member of the uh, Michael Gordon faithful, so I think AJ Brimson's the second best fullback on that roster, but uh, good luck to him. Uh, so now onto the uh, surprise category here. So we're looking at picking our surprise of the tournament, someone who uh, isn't expected to be a big factor, um, but is going to really turn up. Uh, now for my surprise here, I'm taking Corey Parker. Wow. Look, I'm telling you, uh, Miles, you aren't as much of a fantasy super coach fanatic as me, so you might not remember how great Corey Parker was. Corey was the best offloader in the competition for about 10 years. Uh, a deceptively good ball runner. He's just the king of that hit and spin and creating space for his follow-up guys. Now, again, guys like Milford, David Favita, Jermaine Osako, they're going to be sniffing around, and the defense is going to be looking at Payne Haas and David Favita. So, Corey Park's going to have a big opportunity here to be surprisingly high in the triassist list, in my eyes. Yeah, Daniel, you've stumped me on this one, mate. Uh, I I don't see Corey Parker seeing much game time, to be fair. Um, He's not going to be able to hit and spin in case his back breaks. Um, But, you know, that's that's, that's fine, Pete. I mean, like, good, good surprises and pull out a highlight or two. I still think he's got got a little bit left in the tank, maybe. Um... But, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really with you on that one. I think there are better better players on the Broncos roster and there are better forwards. You've got to remember that Corey Parker retired a bit young. Uh, so I'm of the the tribe that thinks Corey had another five years in him when he retired. So this could be uh, the reemergence. Well, let's hope he's better out on the fi- better back out on the field than he is in the commentary box. <laughs> um, so for my surprise pick, I've gone for a younger player than Corey Parker, uh, surprisingly. And that is Tristan Saylor. I mean, I fell in love with the guy watching some of his highlights. He can 
take it to the house. He can break tackles. He can set up his outside guys. He's got a great turn of speed, good acceleration to get away from his fellow from his defenders, um, and just a natural football player. I mean, I, I I've seen a lot of young guys come into this league, and, and it can eat them up. A guy like Albert Kelly comes to mind. Um, just a real natural ball player, and and really really good at sniffing out an opportunity. Um, he is going to be one to watch. Just trust me on that one. I don't mind that pick at all. Um, he was incredibly explosive in the opportunity he had at the back end of last year. Uh, he could be uh, Bevan French this tournament. <laughs> Absolutely. Where is Bevan French these days? I still think he was the perfect fit for the Cowboys last year. I think they needed a fullback that could play that sort of Matty Bowen supporting mm. role and... Uh, I think it's a waste that he's not in the NRL. Yeah, look, to be fair, he's got ridiculous acceleration. I, I would have loved him last year, to be honest, with the loss of Ben Barber early on in the season. But uh... And not just that, not just the acceleration. The guy knows where the ball is going to be. You know, The ball sort of bounces for Bevan. Um, he's a bit undersized, but I love watching Bevan play. And he was, if he was on a team, I'd watch every one of their games. Mm. Like they say, if he was uh, a basketball player, he'd be good at rebounding. <laughs> <laughs> knows where the ball is going to be. Okay, so we're actually going to move on uh, and shift to the women's side of the draw. Now, there's going to be um, the women's tournament, obviously, along with the uh, men's tournament this uh, this weekend. Uh, and we have decided to only pick one team, as there are only four teams competing. But uh, we've had a had a nice little look at it, Daniel, and uh, we've decided on uh, the teams that we want to pick. As my uh, guest as well, you also go first. Um which team have you picked to win the women's tournament? Yeah, look, it's great to see. Um, the women's game is really stepping up. Uh, they're taking it a lot more seriously now. Uh, there's sort of more structured training involved. Uh, it's We're a bit behind the AFL in that regard, but uh, mm. watching sort of the women's nines games in particular, um, they're very, very explosive, and there's, there's a lot of uh, sort of more pure football. You know, a lot of big hits. They, they go away from a lot of the structure that the men are shackled by, and uh, there's some exciting players that you don't see as much in the men's game. Um, what I'm going to say in terms of the team I'm picking here, I've taken the Roosters, and this is more from an organizational perspective. Uh, if the Roosters are, are one thing, it's a business. You know, they've, got, they've got a culture of success, and I think the Roosters organization would see this as a massive opportunity to promote their team. Um, and their brand in the women's game uh, to a wider audience. So there's going to be a lot of people watching. I think the Roosters will send their best team. They'll be really well coached. They'll take this very seriously. Uh, I think they're going to come away with a win. Yeah, not uh, not too bad to pick the Roosters there. They are just a football factory over there at Bondi. Um, I completely agree with you in terms of uh, the Roosters being a threat in any tournament, really. Uh, I, would, I would back them to the hill to win maybe a third NRL tournament in a row. So, however, I feel like I've gone for a very different flavour and I, I think this team has shown, um, in especially in the WNRL, um, that they are a force to be reckoned with and that's the Brisbane Broncos. I mean, there's 11 uh, women on that team that uh, won the comp last year for the Broncos in the WNRL. Um, so... Them going out there and, and this nines tournament should be a breeze for them. So hopefully we see some of the exciting stuff that we saw at the World Nines tournament. I often thought when I was watching the World Nines tournament at Bankwest Stadium, 
that a lot of the women's games were almost better than the men's games. They were tight. They were tough. Uh, some of the tries that were scored were phenomenal. Um, but, you know, I hope we get to see more of that on the weekend. Yeah, no, look, it's a def- definitely a different brand of footy. Uh, it's a bit of different variety there. So, yeah, definitely keen to see. Maybe the Broncos is a, not a bad pick. Um, I guess we'll have to see how they go. Mm. All right, well, that can actually concludes our podcast for this evening. Uh, what we'll do is we'll put this up on online. Let us know your thoughts and uh, comments if you if you feel free to. Uh, look out for our new uh, videos as well and uh, podcasts. Uh, we'll be getting those sorted out pretty soon. And uh, our next video was the uh, top eight predictions for this year. So hopefully that, uh, that all goes to plan and uh, we'll get that sorted before the season starts so that you guys don't miss out on any of the action. All right. You got anything to say, Daniel? Yeah, just thanks for having me on the show, Miles. Uh, really good to chat about this. Um, yeah, as I said, I'm frothing for the nines. <laughs> well, I look forward to a nice Cowboys victory. That'll be good. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, till next time. Uh, I'm Miles signing off for the Corner Post podcast. Thank you.